0: We continue this sermon series entitled Mission of the Kingdom. And Luke chapter 19 might be a familiar passage to some of you as we read the first 10 verses. It's the personal encounter of Jesus and a wee little man by the name of Zacchaeus. This passage is significant for many reasons, but as it's revealed to us in verse 10, it reveals to us the mission. Were the purpose for why Jesus came here to earth in the first place. Luke 19, beginning in verse 1, this is the inspired word of the living God. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. Notice how the religious are always grumbling. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost and the grass withers and the flower fades, but know not the word of our Lord. It stands forever, amen. You may be seated. Okay, all together now. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Well done. Good job, everybody. I appreciate that. As my good friend Sam Lammerson said, everything we need to learn, we can learn in Sunday school. But as fun as that little rhyme is... It's important that we don't miss how profound this story is in the life and the ministry of Jesus. As fun as that little rhyme is, it's important that we don't miss how profound this personal encounter that Jesus has with Zacchaeus is to understanding the mission and the purpose of the kingdom of God. What happens next in the ministry of Jesus? Jesus. He will soon enter into Jerusalem through the triumphant entry. As he rides in from the Mount of Olives and into Jerusalem, we quickly learn that this is the last recorded personal encounter of Jesus Christ. Therefore, it must be significant, and it is. Because verse 10 tells us, for it is this reason that Jesus came. What is that reason? Verse 10 tells us the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And it is in the context of Jesus' personal encounter with Zacchaeus, which should be mind blowing to us as it was to those in the first century, that before Jesus rides into Jerusalem, he wants to declare to a watching world these are the people I've come to rescue. These are the types of people that I have come to seek for this purpose. So make no mistake, the personal encounter between Jesus and Zacchaeus is critical for us to understand the nature and the mission of the kingdom of God. He has come into this universe to seek and to save individuals Like Zacchaeus, what can we learn concerning the mission of Jesus from this passage this morning? The first thing I want us to see is that Jesus came to seek the outsider. Jesus came to seek the outsider. In verses two through four, we quickly learn the occupation of Zacchaeus and why this was so important in Jesus revealing his purpose of why he came to earth. Now, for many of us, we don't understand the big deal about being a tax collector, other than for some of us, it being an annoyance and a nuisance, paying taxes every year. What was so scandalous about the occupation of being a tax collector? I mean, after all, it seems like Luke is hung up on this occupation. I mean, he's remember in Luke chapter fifteen. It says that Jesus sits with sinners and tax collectors. I mean, of all the occupations to single out, what was so scandalous about collecting taxes? Or maybe in Matthew chapter 21, where Jesus says, you know who gets to come into the kingdom of God? Sinners, prostitutes, and tax collectors. So Jesus, what's the big deal about tax collectors? Well, in the first century, more than just being a nuisance... And more than just being an inconvenience to society, the people saw tax collectors as ancient extortionists. This is how it worked. They would become buddy-buddy with the Roman government, the imperial government at the time in the first century, and they would go out and they would overtax all of the Jewish citizens and they would skim some off the top and give the rest to the Roman government. And so they had this deal going where they would tax people for no reason, overly tax them, creating burden for people that were already downtrodden and burdened by finances and lack of resources, and the Roman government turned a blind eye as as long as they got their piece of the pie. So these people were considered criminals, traitors to the Jewish people that they would join forces with the Roman government and aid in the oppression of the Jewish people. But to make matters worse, Zacchaeus, we're told, is not only a tax collector, he is the chief tax collector. So basically, it was like this. Zacchaeus was the ringleader of the Jericho taxing cartel. And so not only would he get some off the top of all of the taxes that were collected from the Jewish community in Jericho, but he would get some from the other tax collectors as well and then pay off the Roman government. So, this is the worst of the worst. These are the outcasts of society. He is the chief of the outcasts. That, to give you perspective, is how outside of the favor of the people of God somebody like Zacchaeus was. And this is who exactly Jesus comes for a man who was a traitor, a man who was a criminal a man who was an extortionist, a man who was aiding the Roman government and the oppression of the Jewish people. And so he climbs on top of the sycamore tree looking to get a glimpse of Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He goes right up to him and it says that Jesus looks at him in the sycamore tree and says, I want to come to your house tonight. And what Jesus was doing in that encounter in Jericho before Jesus goes to Jerusalem is he is declaring to a watching world that I have not come for the pure and the holy, but I have come for the people that our society has marginalized. I have come for those that are outcast. I have come for the outsider. It's interesting, it says that Zacchaeus, because of his stature, couldn't get a glimpse of Jesus because of the crowd. I gotta believe that the crowd enjoyed maybe stepping on his toes, maybe a little elbow to the gut, like, what are you doing here? The crowd forcing Zacchaeus to not allow him to have a good look of Jesus, but the crowd forcing him up the tree. And I just want to make a practical note that we should never be a part of the crowd that keeps people from seeing Jesus. How many people have left the church or have rejected Christianity, not on account of Jesus, but on account of the crowd that follows Jesus? May we never be accused of being a part of the crowd that keeps people away from the kingdom of God. But instead, the crowd that should have been bringing Zacchaeus to the foot of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, Zacchaeus, come, you can't see. Let me bring him to you. This was the role of the people of God. Instead, they were pushing him to the sides and pushing him up the tree. May we live in such a way here at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church that we are accurately declaring and demonstrating the beauty and the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we too, like Jesus, would seek the outsider. But secondly, Jesus comes not only to seek outsiders like Zacchaeus and chief tax collectors, he secondly comes to give grace to the undeserving. After their brief encounter and Jesus telling Zacchaeus to come down in verse 5, Jesus says, hurry, come down for this reason. I must come to your house today. What Jesus was doing in that encounter with Zacchaeus is profound, and I don't want you to miss it. To invite yourself over to someone's house in the first century was admitting that you wanted to associate yourself with that person, that I wanted to enter into your world, that I wanted to become like you. And what Jesus was doing was extending grace to this man because you gotta believe everybody there was aghast. They were appalled. It says that they grumbled, why? Zacchaeus did nothing to earn the favor or the grace. To be sitting in the company of Jesus, let alone to have Jesus enter into his home. But what we call what Jesus did there is nothing short of his unconditional, unmerited grace and mercy. By Jesus inviting himself into the home of Zacchaeus, he is extending mercy and grace to a man who didn't deserve it. But that's the way of Jesus, He sits and eats with tax collectors and sinners. He invites prostitutes into the kingdom feast. This is the way of the kingdom of God, which is completely counterintuitive to the ways of this world, extending grace to those that don't deserve it. And you notice the pattern of grace. We see the response of Zacchaeus that we'll get to in a moment. But you notice it wasn't, yes, Lord, I will come down and I will pay off all my debts and I will give to the poor and I will give it joyfully and then Jesus extends the grace. No, it doesn't work that way. Jesus extends the grace before Zacchaeus even repents and comes down from the tree. But this is the way of God's sovereign grace. God sovereignly pursues us while we were yet sinners, We were lost and we were then found. We were blind and then we could see. It is the sovereign grace of God that pursues us, the hound of heaven, that makes us come alive to the glory of God's grace and his goodness. And then we respond with repentance and faith, not the other way around. We respond joyfully. This is the reformed doctrine of God's sovereign grace. Pursuing us while we were yet sinners, not the other way around. It is grace that makes us joyful. It is grace that leads us to repentance. It's grace and God's mercy that leads us to the transformation that we see in Zacchaeus's life. This is the way of Jesus. And what seemed impossible for Zacchaeus a man that was considered a traitor, a man that had turned his back on God and God's people was passing through the eye of the needle and he lived to tell about it. That is the impossible nature of God's amazing grace. Third, third and lastly, not only does God through Jesus, come to seek the outsider. Not only does God through Jesus give grace to the undeserving, but third and lastly, Jesus has come to radically transform our lives. In verses 8 and 9, we see a new person, a radically transformed man. I mentioned that it was incredibly intimate to enter a person's home in the Palestinian culture in the first century But Jesus takes it a step further. Not only are we told that he enters his home, but he dines with him and eats with him. To share a meal with someone in the first century in your home was the most intimate of encounters. And it was Jesus declaring to Zacchaeus that when I come into your life, it's not enough to just come into your home, but I will dine with you. It was sending a signal that I have come to enter into the nitty gritty of your life. I have not only come to be your savior, but I've come to be your Lord. And when you invite me in, you invite me into the depths of your soul and the depths of your life. Jesus is declaring to Zacchaeus that I want all of you, that I have come to rescue every bit of you, your private life and your public life to be savior and Lord of all. And it is through Zacchaeus surrendering his life to Jesus as both savior, unconditional grace and mercy and also Lord that Jesus you will have all of me that it leads to utter and complete and radical transformation This is a new man that we read about. In verse eight and nine, you see a man that goes from being greedy and stingy and broken and hard-hearted saying, I will give my funds away to the poor and I will give back to anyone I defrauded 400%. A man with a small heart gets a big heart. This isn't just the Grinch. This is all those that transform their lives by the foot of the cross. This is the story of all those that experience the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ through his gospel and through the power of the Holy Spirit. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Our greatest problem is not that we're sick, but we are dead. And we are on the bottom of the ocean floor and we need Jesus, our savior, to come in and to bring us back to life, to make us new creations for us to be born again and regenerated. That is what we see in the life and the transforming testimony of Zacchaeus. When Jesus comes He comes to offer radical transformation, a man that seemed to be beyond salvation, except for one thing, the Son of Man came to seek him and to save him. You know, one commentator I was reading this week said that by Zacchaeus climbing the tree that he risked a lot. That no self-respecting man, particularly a Jewish man in the first century, would ever be caught climbing a tree. This was something reserved for a child. And that he really needed to see Jesus, must have really wanted to see Jesus to risk his reputation and, and to humble himself to climb the tree, to swallow his pride. Well, it cost Jesus even more than that. You see, when Jesus came to earth, he is the ultimate insider, second person of the Trinity. You don't get more inside than that. And the ultimate insider, Jesus Christ, comes to earth. And what does he risk? He risks being associated with his Father and takes the form of a servant and lays down his life for people like you and me, for the Zacchaeuses of the world. And Jesus, the ultimate insider by way of the cross, becomes the ultimate outsider, cast off from his father so that you and I, outsiders, could forever be insiders in the family of God. The insider becomes an outsider so outsiders like you and me could forever be in the family of God of God forever. It risked, cost Jesus everything. And how did he do it? When Jesus asked Zacchaeus to climb down that tree, it would just be a matter of days before Jesus would climb a tree. The Bible tells us in Galatians that anyone who climbs the tree becomes a curse. Zacchaeus came down But Jesus climbed up. And on the cross, on that cursed tree, we are told that Jesus, he who knew no sin, became sin so that you and I, through faith, might become the righteousness of God. On the cross, Jesus, holy, pure, and blameless, gets treated by God the Father as if he were us. And by faith alone, God the Father treats us as if we were Jesus. Miracle of miracles, how great a salvation that God through the person and work of Jesus Christ we consider us sinners, now friends. It's amazing at the end, it says that salvations come to this man's house for he is a son of Abraham. Do you understand how profound that would have been in the first century? A man that was a traitor to the Jews, a man that was a sinner and a cheat is now being called a son of Abraham to a Jewish family, to a Jewish people. There was no higher honor and this is the miracle of the gospel. The miracle of the gospel that's preached this morning is tax collectors can become sons of Abraham. That sinners can be called children of God. This is the good news for why Jesus came. This is the good news of the gospel and the good news that is preached to you this morning that sinners and tax collectors like you and me have a place at the table, have a place we can call home. About a year ago, a man started attending our church who was in prison. And in prison, he found Jesus. He got saved. And as soon as he was out of prison, he asked the question where in the world can I go to church? Who wants an ex-convict in their congregation? And he asked a friend, where would you recommend? And without hesitation, she said, Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. You know how encouraging that is as a pastor? You know how encouraged you should be as members of this congregation? That ex-convicts would be welcomed here at Coral Ridge. But why shouldn't they be? I'm welcomed here. And you're welcomed here. You see, the reality of the story is that we're all like Zacchaeus. Orphans climbing the tree. Restless in life and restless to try to find hope and meaning and purpose. And it's Jesus at some point in our story and in our life looks up into that tree and says, Come down because I want to come into your home. And I want to come into your life. And I want to make a new work, a new creation. Brothers and sisters, this is the good news that we offer a lost and dying world. Is there any better news, particularly right now? that our world needs, to know that sinners and tax collectors can come home, that orphans can become children, that people that are lost can be found, that people are blind can now see. This is the good news of the kingdom that we offer a lost and dying world. So may we go out this day with confidence and with joy And say, come and see the works of the Lord. Come and see a man that knows everything about me and loves me just the same. Come and see a man that welcomes sinners and tax collectors and welcomes them home. I don't know where you are this morning and why God brought you here. But maybe you're here. And never thought that you could be in the inside. You've never been on the inside of anything. And there is good news for you this morning. Because of Jesus Christ, you can be on the inside of the family of God forever. You being here is proof that someone is searching after you. And that someone is Jesus Christ. For this is why he came. The son of man came into this world to seek And to find you so that you could be forever a part of the family of God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, it is on this Sunday morning that we are reminded of the good news. The good news that causes the world to grumble. The good news that you save sinners. Not on the basis of what we've done, but on the basis of what Jesus has done on the cross. And so, Lord, if there is anyone here this morning or watching at home and they are overburdened with sin and guilt and shame, never thinking that they could be a part of the family of God, always feeling like they've never measured up, always on the outside, Lord, help them to realize this is why you came. For those that can't save themselves, for those that are looking for hope, For those that are looking for the fullness of life, both now and forever, this is why the Son of Man came. The one that Daniel talked about, the Son of Man that would come and that would teach salvation by way of forgiveness has come into the world through Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you've never surrendered your life, surrender today. Experience the joy of salvation forever. Knowing this, that you are born as an orphan, but that because of Jesus and his work on the cross, you can forever be considered a child of God, a son and a daughter of Abraham. Reminded today that we are children of Abraham, not by works, but by faith. He is the father of all those who believe. May there be many that rush the gate this morning and come home. They came in here this morning as an orphan, but they can leave as a child of God. You are the one that offers complete forgiveness. May there be many that surrender their lives to the one who surrendered everything on the cross for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.